Welcome to the Skin Series. I'm Danika. And I'm Haley, And we're here to chat all things skin. As clinical naturopaths and corneotherapists, we want to share our knowledge and passion for helping people heal their skin conditions in a holistic way. Join us for a deep dive into debunking beauty myths, how your gut, hormones, diet and lifestyle factors influence your skin and our unique philosophy on how to care for your skin topically. As always, this advice is general and not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before beginning any treatments. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 10. We are really excited to be back after a small little hiatus, so thanks for waiting around. Um, we are super excited to be back and sharing our knowledge with you. And today we are talking about something really interesting, and that is the internal driving factors that could be exacerbating eczema or dermatitis. Yeah, this is a huge one that we see in clinic all the time, and we've had lots of uh, DMs about it to our Instagram. So I feel like this will be a really, really interesting one for a lot of you. Yeah. And we've said Mel, the naturopath, um, was going to be covering this topic, um, but she's on a very well-deserved break. So you are stuck with me and Danika again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but Mel will be joining us in an upcoming episode to share her amazing wisdom. Mm-hmm. So Hales, how has your week been? And do you have any recommendations for us? Week has been good. Week has been good. I uh, have a really amazing book called Skin Side Out. It's written by Robin McAlpine, who is a, another corneotherapist who has her own clinic in Newcastle. And it's really amazing book. If you're interested in skin, how the skin functions, this is an awesome book. So I've been, um, I've read this before, but I've been reading it again this week. And she's just got re- some really great analogies in there, um, which I always use in my consults as well. Yeah, it's, what about a, you, it's an amazing book. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got another book as well. So I've been reading uh, two books actually by a girl called Brianna West. And she has written, it's called 101 Ways to Change the Way You Think. And the other book is called The Mountain Is You. So it's a lot about self-sabotage and thought patterns and I guess, yeah, improving your mindset, which, yeah, it's super, super interesting. Cool. So I love that. We've just been reading heaps, haven't we? We have. Little, it's winter though, so it's not as much, yeah. not as much, not as many like outdoorsy things to do. So we've yeah, been inside a little a hibernation more. time. <laughs> so today we're going to both chat about different aspects of internal presentations that we need to work on with when we're working with dermatitis. So we start off with gut health, and then diet and histamines. We'll talk about nervous system, hormones, genetics that can influence. Uh, predisposition to dermatitis. We'll talk about poor fat malabsorption and conversion and how that impacts dermatitis. And then we'll have a chat about how we as naturopaths can help. Um, So I'll start off with gut health. So pretty much every client I see with dermatitis and eczema have an underlying gut condition. So this is usually the first place we start with treatment. So the most common thing I see is dysbiosis. So dysbiosis is an imbalance in your gut microbiome which leads to an increase in pathogenic bacteria. So that's not good bacteria and a decrease in our good bacteria. So symptoms of dysbiosis are constipation, diarrhea, bloating, gas, uh, nausea, headaches, indigestion, pain in your stomach, food intolerances and fatigue. So there's a lot of different symptoms there. Um, Dysbiosis 
also causes a poor absorption of nutrients required for healthy skin. So these things are like essential fatty acids, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E and zinc. So these nutrients are also required for a healthy immune system. So 80% of our immune system is made in the gut. So if that is compromised, you can understand how that's going to affect how well our skin can heal. And also if you've found in blood tests that you know you're low in other nutrients, so whether that be B12 or iron, this is also an indication that you've got some poor absorption in your gut. So if, if that's something you're looking at too, I would definitely be looking at um, further into some dysbiosis. So dysbiosis can be caused by a low nutrient dense diet. So not getting enough fresh fruit and veggies to feed all of our good gut bugs. Um, it can also be due to stress. And there's studies that show that even 21 days of stress can disrupt your microbial balance. Yeah, wow. So that's not many days. No. <laughs> if you can imagine, you know, we've all been through a few years of COVID and like yeah. how many days that has been, how disrupted all of our guts are from Microbiome. that. Which makes yeah. sense because, I mean, there's lots of bugs going around at the moment. Definitely. Everyone's getting knocked down with sickness. Yeah. Our immune systems are all over the shop. So that definitely can, um, yeah, I mean, lots of factors there, but um, that two years of constant stress is mm. definitely going to have some sort of post, you yeah. know, post-traumatic stress syndrome in our body. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And even a lot of clients have come to us with for the first time they've ever had dermatitis or eczema and it's happened during the pandemic. So mm. if that's you, um, then you can kind of understand that potentially stress is a driver for you. So yeah, back to dysbiosis. So this can happen uh, alongside a gut infection which decreases your good levels of bacteria as they get used up when they're fighting the infection. So an important good bacteria that does this work is something called Lactobacillus plantarum. So if you have a gut infection, this good guy will be rapidly re reduced. And this particular bacteria is actually super important for skin hydration. So low levels of this, we can start to see dry skin conditions like dermatitis and eczema. So we can see how that kind of picture can play out. So a common gut infection that I see in dermatitis clients is candida, which is a fungal infection caused by an overgrowth of the yeast candida albicans. So this is a normal yeast we all have in our gut, but certain things make it overgrow and then turn pathogenic. So pathogenic means it creates disease, basically. So things like high stress, high sugar and alcohol intake, a weakened immune system and low nutrient levels allow this to overgrow. So some signs that you might have a candida or a fungal infection in the gut are, again, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, gas, bad breath, um, change in vaginal discharge. Rush is a really common one because that's actually with the same uh, yeast. Uh, dandruff, nail infections, ringworm, brain fog, fatigue headaches and anxiety are very common with candida. So um, dermatitis that's caused by this yeast typically shows up around the mouth as perioral dermatitis. And we usually can see that it can be a little bit itchy as well. Yep. And just on that note, not all perioral dermatitis is being fed by a fungal overgrowth. Um, but that's why seeing a corneotherapist, we can really identify the difference between a fungal perioral dermatitis uh, and, and a more dry 
um, perioral dermatitis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so treatment of uh, candida involves going usually on a strict no sugar diet. It's adding in yeast fighting probiotics like something called Saccharomyces boulardii, it's SB for short, and adding in antifungal foods like garlic, onion, clove, ginger, coconut oil, apple cider vinegar, those kind of things. Uh, in some cases, depending on the severity of the infection, you may need to take some stronger herbal tinctures prescribed by a naturopath to help reduce the infection. And if you're listening to those foods like garlic, onion, you know, and they actually trigger you and make you feel sicker, then that's when you want to look further into your gut health as there might be some other aspects that are going on there too. So intestinal permeability or leaky gut is also another thing that can cause systemic inflammation and impaired nutrient absorption. So this can worsen your dermatitis. So this is caused by consuming excessive alcohol, dairy, wheat, taking medications, whether that be Panadol or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, or even the oral contraceptive bill can um, do this as well. Smoking, having fungal infections, like I spoke about before, and consuming artificial and processed foods. Symptoms of this are very similar to dysbiosis, and treatment involves taking gut healing uh, nutrients like glutamine and zinc, addressing gut infections, and restoring beneficial bacteria. So all of these things can be determined by a gut test. So if you have dermatitis and any kind of gut symptom, I would definitely be starting there first because look, you can spend a lot of money on topical solutions, but it's not really treating the cause. And to be honest, it's not really going to be super effective. Yeah, especially if there's a if it's coming from an internal driving mm-hmm. factor as well. You want to get on top of all of that. So I'm going to chat to you now about diet because this is definitely a huge thing that plays a huge role in skin conditions. And especially when we're looking at eczema and dermatitis clients, first thing we need to identify, are there any food triggers that could be exacerbating the condition? So if this applies to you and you're experiencing eczema or dermatitis, really having a think about what foods makes your skin itchy what makes it red and inflamed and sometimes keeping a food diary can be really helpful for this just to see are there things that you're eating or even drinking e.g alcohol sugary drinks that could be triggering that and making that presentation worse i know for me personally being a eczema dermatitis gal if i'm eating too much gluten which can be quite inflammatory that can flare and 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 add to my skin condition and for me especially alcohol so um, and i find in particular red wine which i do love (laughs) if i'm drinking a bit too much of that or consistently then that can also um, i can start to see shifts in my skin Um, and i know this starts off as a sign of like bit of redness bit of inflammation a bit of an immune response so i know okay i just need to pull back on those things a little bit at the moment or try and steer clear of those things as much as possible i try and go gluten-free you know the majority of the week if i can and we know we've spoken about about before gluten dairy and sugar are really inflammatory foods um, for skin conditions but there are some food groups or foods that can be specifically irritating for eczema clients some people have an intolerance to too many eggs nuts soy yeast in the beer sulfates which you usually find in red wine and deli meats there's also something called a um, salicylate sensitivity for some people 
these these can trigger their eczema presentation and essentially salicylates are chemicals which are found in fruit veggies herbs nuts tea coffee wine spirits as well as aspirin so what this means is if there's a sensitivity there that can cause a rise in inflammatory markers within the body which can be linked back to eczema and you might notice like almost allergy asthma type presentations like shortness of breath hives um, or exacerbating of your skin conditions and again keeping a food diary could be really important to just to really narrow what your sensitivity is but if they are sensitivities with salicylates then as naturopaths we need to start thinking about what well, we're thinking about working on the liver as the liver is really um, the major organ that helps to detoxify these salicylates and supplements that we use usually contain B6, magnesium and glycine to really help with this clearance. <clears throat> and we've got lots of great herbals too. And lots Things of great like herbals. St. Mary's thistle is really great for the liver. Yep, yeah. yep. And, you know, I think our Western diets play a huge role in one, not, not only skin conditions, but just conditions in, in general. Mm. And typically our Western diets, they're inflammatory, they're acidic, they're low in fiber, meaning you're not getting enough fruit and vegetable in your diet. And there is an imbalance between the sodium and potassium ratio there has been actually an increase of 400 percent in salt ingestion um, and a reduction in potassium and too much sodium can lead to dehydration as well so just being cautious of that it's not to say you know you can't put good himalayan or rock salt you know on your um on your avocado in the morning but it's just being cautious of things that do contain high sodium typically processed foods and things like that fiber is also really important in the diet because if you've got a diet that's low fiber then you're not clearing your intestinal house effectively and if we're not passing bowel movement motions then we're recycling those toxins that should be eliminated through the bowels and then what happens is those toxins go well i need to be eliminated somehow and then next thing you know they choose your skin as a next organ of elimination if they can't go out through the bowels so getting your bowels working is really important so yeah just looking at your diet and really seeing where can you reduce also as danica mentioned before artificial coloring preservatives sweeteners and flavor flavoring these are all inflammatory uh, things in the food and you're going to find that in processed foods and processed foods also means there's high gi load which elevates glucose levels and insulin levels too which we don't want happening in eczema or dermatitis also the issue with our diet today is there's a really big imbalance in the fat ratio so there's diets too high in omega-6 e.g vegetable oils and not enough omega-3 and omega-3 is essential for reducing inflammation within the body and you know a big a big part of what we do is making sure we're getting clients eating a really good fat rich diet of healthy fats and also sometimes prescribing fish oil supplementation as well as naturopaths we really assess a client's diet to see what could be triggering that client's eczema and really educate them on how to remove those triggering factors and switching them out for healthier options and then we also identify where are there gaps in your diet that could be causing you to have nutritional deficiencies are you getting enough fiber are you getting enough good fats etc etc yeah and another important thing we want to make sure we're doing is drinking enough water good filtered water adequate hydration is really important 
to hydrate the gut, um, but also to hydrate our skin. And if you have eczema, dermatitis, essentially you've got tiles missing from your skin roof. So what that means is you're going to be losing more water through your skin, which is going to cause internal dehydration as well. So you're probably thinking, all right, well, there, there's some things that I, that I can't eat, but what are some really good foods that can help combat eczema? So one thing is beetroot juice. It's very, very alkalizing. Things like bananas, papaya, bone broth, potatoes, sweet potatoes, buckwheat, oats, flax seeds, cabbage, um, spring onions, if you can tolerate them all. Um, eczema combating foods getting some good fish in your diet as well so fish that I usually kind of would recommend trout flathead sardines oysters lobster but then fishes to avoid are probably more snapper mackerel and larger tuna and also no frozen fish because they're actually 10 times higher in histamines be a little bit cautious of frozen packet meals as well in terms of like what to cook with i mean olive oil or rice bran oil because rice bran oil is low in salicylates and high in oleic and vitamin e and then also i love cooking with ghee as well because there's a nice dose of vitamin a in there and some good fats um, in terms of sweeteners, I either recommend rice malt syrup or honey if you can tolerate it. In terms of milks, I mean, we want to stay away from dairy milk, but um, I usually recommend rice or oat milk. Unfortunately, almond milk contains salicylates, so we want to be cautious of that. In terms of like, okay, well, if I can't have gluten, what are some eczema safe grains? Spelt, buckwheat, brown rice, basmati rice, quinoa, oats, oat bran, barley and rye are all some good options. And then getting a good source of protein as well. So making sure your animal sources are from are free range and organic um, or grass fed and just being cautious of not over consuming eggs if it's going to be triggering for you. Yeah, making sure you're getting, you know, a nice dose of um, protein each day. Some foods that are kind of notif- like considered the itchy dozen, cow's milk, grapes, oranges, kiwi fruit, soy sauce and tamari, tomato products, avocado, dried fruit, fruit deli milks, meats, corn and junk food and sometimes we do a food allergy testing as well so we can actually identify what foods you might be more sensitive to and to steer clear of for a certain time and then what foods are kind of your green foods that are good good to go. Again in saying that it sounds like you've got to remove lots of things from your diet. If we focus on rebuilding your gut and helping assisting your liver then sometimes some of these foods you can start tolerating again uh yeah yeah healing the gut definitely helps us to heal food intolerances as well and if uh getting a food allergy test is you know too expensive or anything to start off with the really cheap easy option is to do your own food diary like Mm -hmm. Hayley made and then you can really just get more in touch with what you're eating and get more in touch with your symptoms that your body's body is showing so i find when i give clients that as a as homework they come back and they like oh i put so many dots together and um, have realized that i've experienced all these uh, symptoms so yeah it's just a great way to be a little bit more intuitive with your body yep, yeah for sure yeah and what might be healthy considered healthy like an avocado might actually be causing you know inflammation in your body but it might be fine for me so um 
just because something is healthy, it might be actually, yeah, it might be kind of causing issues for you. Mm. Yeah. So it can get pretty tricky, you yeah, know, navigating yeah. all of this. It's like, and, you know, and then we also see clients that go, I don't eat anything because I'm so scared of anything triggering my, my eczema. And then that's when we really got to go, okay, we want to make sure that you're still getting enough nutrients into your diet you're not under eating um so really working together on on what you can eat but then also working on healing that gut because once we've healed that gut you can reintroduce foods into your routine um so you don't have to be on this kind of really bland diet for too long and and the worst thing i want to ever do to clients is instill fear of food yeah because then that can lead to more stress and more problems so that's why I really just push stool testing because then you can just get to the root of it really quickly yeah and you know exactly what you're treating exactly what the problem is and you can have a clear protocol so yeah yeah and if we ask you to you know as a naturopath remove things from your diet we don't want this to be a thing that goes on for too long yeah um because the last thing we also want to don't want to do is start some you know a a, um intolerances or allergies or yeah totally but nutrient deficiencies exactly or eating disorders disorders, um because yeah the fear of food is it's not a nice place to be either but it can be it can be a tricky time as well when it's causing certain foods are causing your skin to flare yeah so working with a professional um do you just get that extra support because there's lots of information on the internet as well there's so much information and I think reading lots of things and you just get confused because one site's saying one thing and one site's saying the other. Whereas if you go to a practitioner and you tell them all of your symptoms, they can be like, okay, well, you're presenting more with salicylate sensitivity or histamine intolerance or candida overgrowth. And then we can kind of um, minimize the amount of foods that you have to reduce initially. And we can just get more of an action plan rather than, you know, having to take out everything and start again. So, yeah. yeah. So stress... So as I mentioned earlier, stress is a huge factor when it comes to gut health. So long periods of stress can lead to dysbiosis, which increases the chance of gut infections and dermatitis. Um, Studies have actually shown that negative thoughts, so vindictive thinking, uh, can actually reduce your secretory IgA. Mm -hmm. So this is your protective mucosal lining in your gut. It's your line of defense. So anything that goes in the gut, your secretory IgA helps to attack against it so if that is low Mm. then you're going to have more incidence of gut infections you're also going to have more incidence of pathogens being able to go through the gut lining and create intestinal permeability and then go through the the system and into your bloodstream as well so this is this is a really really important factor Um, when you've got reduced iga as well you're more prone to food intolerances too because your system is going to be a little on edge, a little hyperactive to everything. And when we are intolerant to foods, this can sometimes lead to a histamine reaction. Haley will talk a bit more about histamine soon, but basically a histamine reaction will show up on the skin as inflammation, redness, itchiness, dryness, all of those things that we see with dermatitis. So again, a stool test can tell you what your secretory IgA levels Mm -hmm. are at. Um, and then we can take steps to fix it. So different things, um, you know, things like colostrum, um, lactoferrin, those kind of things are really great for increasing IgA. But stress management is, is a big one too. Because when our stress hormones are continuously high, so high cortisol is our stress hormone, um, it causes inflammation, which, yeah, increases redness and irritation on the skin and suppresses the immune system. So, 
your system will be able won't be able to heal your skin as quickly as it should. So I feel like we bang on about this all the time, but starting <laughs> meditation um, is a great way, great free, easy way to reduce your stress hormones. So I would aim to do, um, you know, five to 10 minutes a day, start slow and just start with a guided meditation. So you don't have to, you know, think too much. You can just follow along, but just giving yourself that five minutes just to take a breath and really tune into your body and also just planning in more relaxing activities like Going, you know, having a bath, going for a walk, swimming in the ocean, sleeping in, you know, reading a book, whatever helps you to relax are all really important for people with dermatitis. And yeah, we spoke about it more in our last episode that a lot of our clients, they see their flares of dermatitis after a stressful event. So usually moving house, changing jobs, ending a relationship. So if you are prone to dermatitis, I would really, really make stress management a top priority. Yep. And again, there's things that we can do um, to support you naturopathically as well. I mean, magnesium is such a beautiful supplement that I pretty much get all my clients with a skin condition on. Um, it really supports the nervous system. Um, and there's some really beautiful naturopathic herbs that we can use as well, as long as other nutrients too. So yeah, super, super important. I love sending my clients a skin healing meditation um, because having a skin condition and something like eczema and dermatitis that could be really itchy really irritating it's already kind of that feedback loop to your nervous system for you to just be in an irritable state and it can be quite stressful when you've got something so visual on your skin as well so knowing that you've got those tools there that can really help to like reduce that stress and it just makes it I want to not say an enjoyable experience because having a skin condition isn't always the most enjoyable thing, but it helps to speed up that that healing as well because Danica made a really good point. When you're stressed, it suppresses your immune system like crazy. And if our immune system is suppressed, we're not healing our skin. We're not healing our gut properly. So yeah, that's really important. I think me and Danica just said before that after we finish this podcast episode, we're, we're both, both gonna, gonna, have a bath. gonna have a bath separately. <laughs> <laughs> My bath's not big enough. Um, and another point I was going to say that I tell a lot of my clients to do is pop little sticky notes on your mirror because when we look in the mirror, when we've got a skin condition, that can be quite a triggering time and that can lead to negative thinking and negative self-talk. So putting things on your know, mirror, things like my skin is healing, I trust the process, I am more than what my skin looks like, things will get better, things like that just help with that neuro reprogramming so mm. that we're not continually having that negative vindictive thoughts that is suppressing the immune system so it sounds a bit silly or a little bit too basic to be effective but it really really is that kind of subconscious yeah rewiring of the brain totally. yeah i love that i love that that's a good one i'm going to use that one sticky yeah. notes yeah yeah, as Danica said before, I'm going to chat a little bit, a little bit about histamines now. So, um, essentially, our cells release something called histamine in response to an allergic reaction. So, this could be food, this could be, you know, cat or dog allergy, this could be pollen landing on your skin, and that's that's an important process because that's really notifying the immune system. All right, we need to do something about this foreign invader. And there's certain foods that actually increase histamine in the body too. So eczema sufferers typically have two issues when it comes to histamines. So one, they have elevated histamine levels. 
and two they have a reduced capacity to detoxify these histamines so there's a little enzyme called the dao enzyme and this helps us to break down those histamines so there's some things that can be reducing that enzyme stress medication dysbiosis, dysbiosis yeah, um, nutrition nutritional deficiencies so there's certain nutrients that we love using eg b6 and vitamin c that can really help to increase that dao activity and you know histamine toxicity usually occurs when the histamine blood levels rise above what your liver can is capable of detoxifying. So if we go back and we support the liver, then that can really help too. Some foods that are quite good for that Tao activity as well is papaya, pawpaw and red cabbage. Mm. So again, as naturopaths, we'll identify if there could be histamine issues and really give guidance on what's causing it, Um, how you can reduce it and then how you can also help your body to process those that histamine clearance as well yeah yeah and papaya is really great at increasing your digestive enzymes as Mm. well and helping to break down food and absorb all those nutrients so yeah papaya is a good one we love that Um, okay so genetics can play a part in dermatitis so some people can inherit a faulty gene and this causes them to have a filigrin gene deficiency. So filigrin is a little protein that binds together skin cells and helps them sit nice and flat on the surface and provides lots of nutrients to the skin. So if you have a filigrin gene deficiency, that protein is lacking, which means those skin cells are not getting lots of nutrients fed through them, and they're also not able to sit super flat, which means they can flake up a little bit, and that means we have an impaired barrier which means water can get lost through there. So then we start to get this dehydrated, flaky, itchy skin. So people who have a filigrin gene deficiency usually present with hay fever and uh, allergies as well. Call this an atopy skin type. So yeah, hay fever, allergies, eczema, dermatitis, that kind of presentation. There's no uh, testing that you can actually do for filigrin gene Uh, deficiency to find that out it's really just through seeing a corneotherapist and doing a lot of questioning and we can determine if you have one or not and we can treat this with the right skincare and also with the right nutrients as well so making sure you're eating well but also using the the correct skincare yeah Um, and you'll probably find maybe your mom had eczema maybe your dad had asthma maybe your brother has it so if there's a family link then um you could have inherited one of those faulty genes from one of your parents and another genetic predisposition potentially to eczema could be a mthfr gene mutation as well which is uh, an issue with methylation and that is our detoxification cycle and when we have an issue with this cycle we can have high histamine levels so then we can get that whole histamine picture. So there's lots of other symptoms for undermethylation, which is probably another podcast to talk about that. Um, the mofo gene. But, um, is it? No. The mo- MTFHR. <laughs> MTFHR. Yeah, the mother. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't want yeah. to say that. I want to say the mofo yeah. gene. <laughs> But this is a gene you can actually get tested for. So yeah, if you um, if you're interested in that, or you or you have a naturopath consult and we think that you have high histamine, then we can check for that as well and treat accordingly. Another thing with genetics or kind of the way that you were 
uh, brought up or brought into the world is if you were you know born by cesarean and potentially uh, breast uh, bottle fed as well this can impact your immune system and your microbiome and can make you more prone to and dermatitis so it just means that you potentially need to focus a little more on gut health than other people might and also using antibiotics as a child too can set you up to just be a little more prone to having that eczema dermatitis picture yeah and i definitely see children that had tonsillitis and ear infections a lot as a kid and took a lot of antibiotics unfortunately typically as an adult have gut symptoms and gut issues Mm. um so that's why as naturopaths we always go back to the very beginning when how were you born um what happened to you as a child because we know actually one course of antibiotics can disrupt the gut microbiome for up to five years Mm. so um sometimes of course they're necessary to take make sure if you if you need to take antibiotics make sure you're um, taking probiotics either during or after um that at that dose as well yeah. just to kind of help those little gut guys yeah <laughs> back into line yeah <laughs> so now i'm going to chat about how hormones can be influencing your skin condition and potentially exacerbating it so we have different you know hormonal hormonal changes throughout life so for women it can be pregnancy it can be menopause or you might actually have a hormonal imbalance this isn't like a major common cause that we see um, when we're thinking of dermatitis and eczema but it's definitely something that needs to be considered because we have especially as females we have different phases of our cycle which means our skin changes in those different phases over the course of the month so typically the week leading into our period which is our luteal phase our skin becomes more sensitive so you may notice that your eczema flares leading into your period or over that menstruation time as well so again working out if there's a link a cyclical link to your skin condition too there's also a condition called hypothyroid hypothyroidism hyper hypothyroidism and this is a drop in our thyroid hormones which can actually lead to dry skin conditions so can be exacerbating eczema in eczema prone skin so these hormonal changes can spark eczema flare-ups because a drop of in estrogen and in menopause and especially as we age we unfortunately don't produce as many good fats and as many oils on our skin as well so this can also be contributing to it and in perimenopause and menopause we get this significant drop in estrogen and estrogen is our plumping hydrating bounce back youthful hormone so when we have this decrease that can actually lead to our skin losing water uh, which can interfere with its ability to maintain moisture levels and leave skin dehydrated with a weakened skin barrier. So this can make eczema worse. And as we age, our skin immunity starts to be not as effective as it used to be when we were younger. There's also a condition called autoimmune progesterone dermatitis. And I've seen it in my clinical practice maybe two or three times. So it's not overly common. Um, but it's actually when there's an autoimmune response to elevated levels of progesterone. So that person's particularly sensitive to a increase in progesterone and especially in the luteal and menstrual phase. And that can actually cause eczema and dermatitis flares too. It usually occurs like three to 10 days prior to your period and then resolves about two days into your period so if you're seeing that cyclical pattern yeah we can look into that um autoimmune progesterone dermatitis Mm -hmm. um and danika's obviously chatted about cortisol our stress hormone and how that can impact our skin so finally we'll talk about fat malabsorption and poor fat conversion 
So you might be thinking, what the hell does this mean? So we need good fats because they make up our cell walls, our skin cell walls, and we need healthy fat production to produce adequate sebum. So this is our oil on our skin, a protective oil. We also need good fats for hormone health as well. So omega-3, which is EPA and DHA, isopentanoic acid and decahexanoic acid, get converted into anti-inflammatory prostaglandins when we consume them. So these are really, really important to be having in our diet. And they are called essential fatty acids because our body cannot create them. We need to get them from our diet. So as discussed previously, elevated omega-6 is pro-inflammatory. So we need a little bit of these, but not too much in our diet. And Really, in our Western diets, we consume way too much omega-6 in ratio to omega-3. So omega-6 is in trans, trans fats, processed foods, seed oils, things like that. Also a note, um, I was reading about farmed salmon mm. and the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 is completely out of balance. Oh, wow. So usually in fish, we have like high amounts of omega-3 and we have like some little bit of amounts of omega-6, but in farm salmon, that's three times the amount of omega-6 versus omega-3. So that's actually kind of mm. pro-inflammatory. Yeah. So wild caught salmon is, is going to be your way to go. Yeah. Wow. And also, um, if you're looking at meat as well, the, if you have grain fed, meat that's going to be higher in omega-6 mm-hmm. and grass-fed meat is going to be higher in omega-3s same with butter as well mm-hmm. i don't know if you yeah look at your butter that if it's been um grass-fed or grain-fed cows yep. so you it's pretty rare to find grass-fed butter actually and yeah. I always mention to my clients when I say, okay, let's reduce your dairy intake. We d- I don't mean grass-fed butter. Yeah, we love grass-fed butter. Grass-fed. <laughs> There's so many good things in grass-fed butter. Um, so keep that in your diet, but yeah. make sure it's grass-fed. Yeah. <laughs> So we can have issues with an enzyme called delta-6 desaturase, which converts omega-6 into delta-gamma-lenolic acid, which is an anti-inflammatory prostaglandin. This can be due to nutrient deficiencies. So we like to supplement with B6, magnesium, and zinc to help assist that pro-inflammatory, uh, sorry, anti-inflammatory pathway. And we want to steer clear of trans fats. So yeah, these are cheap vegetable oils, canola oils, pastries, donuts, biscuits, Nutella, Margarines, deep fried foods, pizza, fast foods, all, all the. <laughs> That's making me all hungry. The yummy stuff. <laughs> um, just in moderation, everything in moderation. Uh, and we want to increase omega 3. So fish twice a week, but obviously not farmed salmon. Yeah. Um, things like linseeds, flax seeds, flaxseed oil, ghee, and like we spoke about, grass, grass fed butter is mm-hmm. great to keep in, in, um, in your diet. Mm-hmm. And then reducing um, saturated fats. And avoiding trans fats like deli meats and processed meats. We like to supplement sometimes with GLA, which is like borage oil. We love fish oils. Uh, Designed for Health is one of our best, our, our fave Omega Vale supplements. And magnesium, zinc, B vitamins to help that uh, anti-inflammatory pathway is all really, really important. Yeah, so it sounds like a lot of information, all that enzyme talk and things like that. But um, as naturopaths, that's what we're thinking of when we're looking at eczema too. So the cool thing about what we do is there's so many little avenues that we can go down to really support our clients. And it doesn't just have to be, you know, one one size fits all. Definitely. We were talking earlier about how we're like little detectives really. And we like to kind of get everyone's information and then we do little detective work on 
what's going on with you because everyone's different totally definitely definitely it's exciting to be able to to work out what what is a great protocol for you so so thank you so much for joining guys and listening in we appreciate it so much and we really hope you took some information out of this and we're really looking forward to seeing you guys not seeing you being in your ears next time talking to you, <laughs> talking yeah. to you. and if you have any questions you know send us a message on our instagram we'd love to hear from you and we can't wait to join you guys next time for our next episode and remember healthy Healthy skin skin is always in we hope you enjoyed this episode head over to our facebook page the skin series or follow us on instagram at the skin series underscore pod to join the community or ask us any questions we would love to hear from you see you in the next episode